This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. Oh, I had an MS 3 for 2 sticker on, stuck on my breast. Spice Girls, yes. Spice Girls. They wanted into our offices back in the 90s. What's a conch? I'm learning today. (laughs) Radio rail and a conch. (laughs) That's the two magic words of the week. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Heptagon Club. I'm Paul Carenza. What's your name? Oh, well, you can tell me later. That's fine. What a show for you we have this week with some fantastic guests. Tim Vine. Dominic Holland, my pals Russ and Jen, music supremo Nick Battle, a fascinating acquaintance I met on a train uh, called Belinda Campbell. I mean, the train wasn't called that, the the acquaintance was. Uh, She's got a unique take on, uh, well, let's call it for now, a show from the 80s. And uh, we might even have a little bit of Michael Buble later. We might, we might not. That is the chance that you take. Did I even mention we've got Miranda Hart this week? We've got Miranda Hart this week. I'm so, so pleased that she uh, said she'd come along on the show. If you're listening just because you like Miranda, you are most welcome. Stay a while. Why not? Look around. Explore the exhibits. Uh, Last week's episode, we had uh, Sally Phillips, uh, who plays Tilly in Miranda. That was a a great chat with her. And we've got more from Miranda and indeed from Sally in future weeks. So do subscribe if you can. Stick around. And uh, thank you for joining us. We've got a lot of name-dropping this week. Um, I do encourage name-dropping on this show, so that is entirely my fault that we've gone that way. But first up, let's have Miranda. She's over here in the Heptagon Club, our first guest this week. Hey, Miranda. Hi, hey. Paul. And she's brought a friend. Thanks for coming to this podcast party. Yes. Um, and you, and you brought Peggy as well. Uh, yeah. So Peggy the dog, unless anyone thinks I've That's brought very true. an old woman. Oh, everyone knows you have Peggy the dog, I'm sure. Do they not? Peggy does also it? sound like a... A granny character. Did you name her Peggy? Or was yes. you, Peggy, you did name her Peggy. Mm. She was called Eunice. Eunice? Yeah. Miranda's new book, Peggy and Me, is uh, is out now, actually, and we'll be adding it to our book list of guests. So many of our guests have books out. So you can join our Facebook group, find the Heptagon Club on there. You can find the link to the books of all of our guests uh, who have those out. So each week we have seven guests, seven corners of this club, from joke corner to travel to trivia, uh, for our party O-Mingling. So it's drinks and nibbles galore here. And before we get on to talk about Miranda's sitcom, I did need to make sure she's got a nice cuppa. I was thinking a cup of tea. That's nice. I think a cup of tea is yeah. perfect for this. I'm very radio friendly. That's very radio friendly. I think uh, we hear the occasional slurp would be quite nice. Yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Listen to that slurp. <laughs> oh, and a, and a slurp and a choke. <coughs> I, did, I did my own sound effects. Did it cause <laughs> oh, no. a choke? I'm, I'm sensing that was more of a slurp than you'd normally wish to do then. Also, I'm just briefly distracted because I've got a Fitbit. Oh. Which connects to my phone, which is right. silent, but my Fitbit's telling me that someone's ringing me. Oh, do you want to answer I'm the phone I'm so call? on trend. Would you, you just look at this, this is what I do nowadays. <laughs> Would you like to answer your phone? Well, um, no, I won't. Okay. I enough. didn't say who it was then, did I? <laughs> you didn't, no, <laughs> no. you didn't. Although I did see, so, uh, <laughs> okay. so there yeah. you go, silent it's secret. between it's us. Fine. The, the tea is welcome in this podcast. You know, this is the tea part of any party. The tea party, I think, is the best kind of party. That is, is it the best kind of party? I genuinely, and I'm not just saying this, the last party I hosted, I'm not very good at hosting, but I had a sort of outdoor picnic type thing. Everyone arrived at four, mm. sandwiches, scones, cake. Then we segued quite neatly and as soon as possible into sort of crisps, right. dips, olives and, and beers. But by asking them to arrive at four, it meant that by 
it felt like one in the morning, and everyone's like, oh, I think we're going to go. And you're like, <laughs> I've had the best party, and wow. I'm in bed at 10.30. Oh, that's great. That's what you need, isn't it? It's genius. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you do find you start, um, if you don't start till 8 o'clock in the evening and people arrive late yeah. or something. Then and you then you're eating at 9. Yeah. No. Then you have to just use coffee as a way to get rid of people. The coffee? Yeah. Which is the way of saying 10 minutes and you're out. Wait yourself up and get a cab. Yeah, be out, gone. Get out of yeah. my yeah. house. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, so tea. And also there's nothing better than finger food. Well, true. It's just jolly and yeah, fun and childlike. It is, isn't it? Mm. Just dive in. Savoury yeah. or sweet? Probably a bit of both. bit of both, but mm. if, well... Gun to head for longevity of life, savoury. True. For my last meal, sweet. That's true. So meteor striking soon. Dive into the sweet. Too yeah. right. Yeah, too right. Yeah. I'm glad we solved that. We solved that. That's good to know. Meteor should be the name of a chocolate bar. Because uh, it will then you'd see the chocolate bar and think, think oh, if that were hitting now, yeah. you're right. It sounds sort of meaty, but not. Sounds like it's got literally meat in it. meaty. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a meaty chocolate bar, a bit yeah. like say a boost. Oh yeah. Love a boost. I miss a boost. I, yeah. Well, they're out there to be had, aren't they? they I just... know, but then, you know. I know what you mean, it's... Oh, you know, it's 17 stone. <laughs> exactly. All because of boosts. So we're three episodes into the Heptagon Club, and it has been noted by one or two people that the guests I tend to get are people I either have or do work with in some way. And, and yes, obviously that is the case. So Miranda, I did a bit of writing for her sitcom and a small cameo that I nagged her for for years. And the same with Tim Vine and with Not Going Out. And so this is why I'm trying to get Michael Bublé this week. You see, I have just done a TV show, Bublé at the BBC. It's on BBC One this very week. And I got to do some writing for it. I didn't write another songs. I, I, I should point out, although one researcher did think that I had, it was very nice of her to think that I'd written something that Frank Sinatra sang 60 years ago. Not that old. But um, so I have been trying to get Michael Bublé just to give us a little bit of audio for the podcast. I'm still hoping he'll turn up, basically. That's what I'm saying. For now, though, back to Miranda. Your, your own sitcom um, as, um, uh, is, of course, brilliant, obviously. Cheers, as, Paul. You know, and um, I mean, both the, the performance, the writing as well is... is the, why do you mention the writing? I don't know. It just happened to be one of the first... Yeah. The vision mixing. Okay, everything, yeah. every yeah. part of it's, it's really weird good. It's weird that you mentioned the writing. It is weird. I don't know why it was in my head. Yeah. But um, what... Um, uh, and uh, didn't you particularly love the customer in the Series customer. 3? <laughs> the customer in Series 3. Who I didn't realise you just told me is, um, was the only one to buy anything. Yeah, you the were the only... You played the only customer really? who had a had a legitimate purchase. Wow. <laughs> wow. Keeping the shop afloat. Yeah, you were literally. It's you, yeah. Wow, I had no yeah. idea. That is amazing. I'm going to rewatch it again mm. just to see that there must be someone somewhere who buys a thing. I think there were some other buying ones, but not as sort of. You got the full transaction. Yes. And you were thrown out after the purchase, not before. That's true. So I interrupted um, your question. No, it was a fine interruption. How rude. It was a much better interruption than my question. <laughs> Which was um, are any of the fun things that um, I, it happened in the show um, happened in reality? Ooh, trade secrets. Or can you not tell us? Or, or um, are there similar things that you go, oh, that happened once and I'm going to change that to that thing? There were some things. i tell you what happened and it happened to me the other night as well. But instead of laughing about it, I got really cross. You know the shower, a shower hose that you can have mm. over the bath? Mm. And you have one of those handles where you either push it to the push turn it so that the water comes through the bath tap oh yes or then you like a handle and you turn it and it's on the shower hose and it was on the shower hose when i thought it was the bath so i turned the bath on 
straight and the shower hose just went everywhere yeah. and sort of like a sort of rampant snake. <laughs> I was going to say ejaculating snake. You could say and that. And I really shouldn't so have ever said that that's like what the, I was going to say. I like but the there, fact that you've said it I've anyway. said it. That's good to know. I've said it. That's good to know. Yeah. See, I am really actually very edgy in real life. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, and that's my edgy comedy. Yes. So that happened, and were. I wrote that into series two, and it happened the other night, okay. and I got really cross because there's water all over my mm. paint in my bathroom. It's never as fun in reality, is it? No. It's when you do it on set and there's a crew yeah. there to help you out. And I did get locked in a park once, and that was in series one. And had to squeeze out of a small gate. <laughs> but in the in the sitcom, I was just in a bra, so I sort right. of sitcommed the reality. Okay. So yes. that's always that's what it is really. It's sitcoming what actually might happen. I see because you think that's it was funny anyway, but mm. just to make sure, let's. But there are often oh, and being called sir happened. Really. Less now, luckily, but it does happen. And then I got accused of that being ridiculous, as if anybody. I'm misogynistic, because as if any woman would be called sir. <laughs> do you not quite that, over that yet. Do you reckon that someone out there, when they saw that on TV, go, oh, I did that, there you go, it was me. That, that was, was it. Oh, yeah. No, because there's been more than one. <laughs> really? But yeah, it regularly happens. <sighs> no, but I was thinking the other day how I had an M&S, well, about three years ago, an M&S three for two sticker on stuck on my breast. <laughs> but I never found not a place. Not deliberately? No. Right. And no one told me, I was in a meeting. No. And But I never found a place for that in the Miranda world <laughs> i don't think it would have read on television no but that sort of thing happens that sort to of me. thing and does think, happen why yeah. are you not telling me that it says three for two on my yeah. breasts <laughs> my um my two-year-old daughter does does that but deliberately so she'll wear like yeah. thing, this thing that says 99p or um the stickers that she asked me the other day why bananas have stickers and the other fruit aren't allowed stickers Bananas apples is, have stickers. Apples do sometimes have stickers, she don't they? She needs to really think this through. Your we get the ones How old is she? She's two. She She's an idiot. Yeah. She really should. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the what apples we get are in bags that don't have the stickers on. Fair but enough. The bananas. I'll give her that. So, yeah, she should get out there and see more apples. Yeah, she really clearly, should. You know. but, um, she lives a sheltered life. Clearly, she thought that bananas have been good at the dentist and no one else has. Sometimes the uh, satsumas have stickers. Some of them do. Mm. Yeah. We live a, she lives a sheltered life. I found, really. I've She's, often seen, I find it, find it discombobulating, a pair with a sticker. I can't think I've ever seen a pair with a sticker. Yeah, I've seen really? a pair with a sticker. Really? I didn't like it. I really <laughs> hope people start emailing you to, about no. stickers on fruit. I like other, to think we started a trend. Or other stickers on unusual yeah. fruit. I mean, you would never find a sticker on a pineapple. Well, where would you stick it? <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> You'd pierce the sticker, wouldn't you? You might really? as well try and put a sticker on a hedgehog. <laughs> exactly. It's even more difficult, probably, because they're going to walk away. A sleeping hedgehog. That's more at the heart off to do some mingling. Now, let's get a drink for this man here, Tim Vine. Nice wine. Cheers, exactly. He's the second of our seven guests this week in our club with seven corners. Which corner are we in? Got a joke corner, probably. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the party, hooray. Well, this is it's um, great to be here. It's incredible um, wallpaper. Where did you get this wallpaper? Yes, it's incredible. It's a lovely design. What, what pattern is that? Um, well, it's, well, the dado rail is... Um, it's a Harrods little crossover they've been working right. on. Right. So. They don't have the dado rail so much, do they? They oh. still have it at the odd fairground, don't they? It goes yeah. between <laughs> it does, attractions. Yeah. What is a dado? Uh... So to have two different wallpapers, you can have one on the bottom and then a, a dado rail. Ah, halfway up. And then, so often it's played on top and then... A yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. It's a way of uh, covering the fact that you didn't have enough wallpaper. It is. For the whole It's wall. like a, yeah. a belt for rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you can have a top up. Exactly that. Sometimes they have panelling along the bottom. This is all great. This is listable this is solid, stuff, this, solid isn't it? Solid gold. <laughs> solid gold, this is. 
Um, let me if ask you, you this. Next time you're on a panel show. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Let me ask. Well, the panel shows you've done in the past. I know you've done Room 101. Is that a panel? I can't see. Is that a panel? What, what, yeah, what is a panel show? I don't know really. Oh, there's three of you standing in a sitting oh, in a line. Yeah, a comedy yeah. thing where people talk. Is yes, I did Room 101. I don't think I'm very good at panel shows generally. That one's all right because they come yeah. to you to talk. That's true. That's true. When you're sort of you yeah. expected to sort of uh, make your own gaps. Yes. I yes. get a bit scared. Yes, yeah, so if not mock the week, where there's almost too many people, if they had a, I think they should, if they did mock, mock the week and they said we've we've decided from now on everyone's going to talk in an order. Yes, I'd go uh, right. I'm on. If they had a conch, they could um, yeah. just pass it around like exactly. Flies. What's a good. conch? I'm learning today. A dado <laughs> rail <laughs> and a conch. <laughs> the two magic words of the week. A conch is um. Uh, I went yeah the, yeah. yeah the As people do at parties, don't they? they, they go, do. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, not knowing what it was. They pass it around at parties. Um, <laughs> and uh, take a whiff. Um, it's, you know, so oh, you, you mean like a speak? It's your speaking prop. Oh, I see. If you yeah, have a okay. you can speak. So, right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it could be anything. It could be a vase. It could be a vase. It could be anything. It's whatever yeah, yeah. handy. You don't right. need to go and get a conch if you've not got one. No, okay. You know, but, um, uh, what, what's conch short for? It must be short for something, isn't it? Conscience? I don't know. No, I think it's just. Um, uh, well, it's a, it's a big seashell, I think. Is it? I presume oh, it was is a it? former animal, is it? That then has died and. I don't know. Right, keep like it light. Snail? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. You pass around the dead animal and then right, you can and speak. People yeah. talk about stuff they've lost. You life. say a few words about the you know, eulogy for the... Yeah. I don't know how it works, to be honest. What's eulogy? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a party with a five-year-old. This is an educational um, <laughs> podcast. Hey, one of the speaking of educational... Your brother is Jeremy Vine. He is, um, yeah. He does eggheads as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah, I think yeah. He's a Radio yeah. 2 guy. Yeah, yeah. And you've... You hosted game shows and you've been on game shows. Yes. Are, are you the uh, only two sibling oh, well, show hosts just, yeah. ever to have existed? I wonder if that is a well, thing. That's interesting, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, a thinker. Yeah, it is a bit of a thinker. One thing that Jeremy doesn't have is an audience on eggheads. Oh, okay. That would frighten me a bit. Right. I'd be I'd be throwing jokes out into this uh, oh, that's true. chasm. But um yes, so there's yeah. a slight difference. But but uh yeah, that's, I, I actually at the moment can't think of any other siblings. Never mind. Are we the only point. siblings in the world? You may be the only siblings. All only children. Have the um, Attenboroughs done game shows? Um, I, I doubt it. They've neither I, of them. I don't think either. <laughs> I know um, David yeah. was um, BBC Two commissioner, so he must know. Oh, they I think I've thought of one. Oh, have you? I reckon Jonathan Ross and Paul Ross. Ah, you might be right. You might be right. Paul Ross, I reckon definitely. Yeah, Jonathan Ross at some point must he must have, have must have done yeah, one. Yeah, it might be something he's shied away from there because he, he, it's more chat with him, isn't it? That's true, but um, yeah, well, that sort of answered that. Well, there you go. That's a really good question, there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. so I don't know. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carranza. So that's Tim. Much more of him in a future episode. Be popping back for a much longer chat in a podcast yet to come. So, yes, I am guilty of exploiting my contacts. I'm lucky enough to write for and alongside some tip top stars like Miranda and Tim. And this week, I've been writing for Michael Bublé. Well, not writing his songs as such, but writing some links and things for him and uh, Claudia Winkleman for this uh, new BBC show, Bublé at the BBC. It's called It's On the Teddy Box, Thursday, November 3rd, 8 pm, BBC One. I know you're probably listening in the far future, but here back in early November, it, it's happening this week. So they asked me to be on hand in case uh, Claudia Winkles needed anything written and to help concoct a, a fun hidden camera sketch uh, with Mickey Bubbles himself. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I had to try and get him on the podcast, didn't I? I had to spend three days with this guy. Well, just before performance time on the Heptagon Club, Michael, Michael Bublé, come over here. Hello. Uh, you, you're quite quiet, Michael. I'm saving my voice. You're what? He's writing it down for us. 
saving your voice for the singing. Right. Well, do you, do you want to write down your answers? Um, thanks for being on the Heptagon Club. Uh, what's your favourite song? Feeling mute. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course, that Frank Sinatra song. And then you go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like, uh, well, anything, really. Just just say anything. That'll be really helpful. Well, look, okay, while we try and get something more out of Michael, uh, here is a music maestro from the other side of the mic, a songwriter, an A&R guy, a musician too, and a great bloke. What's more, he can speak. Nick Battle, hooray! Hooray! hooray. <laughs> Nick Battle. Um, how, who would, how would you, do, people who don't know of your oeuvre, what do you, um, how would you, what, what are you? You're a man of, man of the world, really, aren't you? Um, I have done most things in life. Uh, yeah. I've been a steel worker, a postman, a uh, musician, an author, uh, I'm a funeral celebrant, I run a charity, I write books, I run a music publishing company, um, but I'm my own boss and doing weekends off. I think we'd better start with the big, because we're, we're here surrounded by discs and um, signs of, there's a five-piece band there I'm vaguely familiar with called The Spice something, is that Spice right? Skills, yes, Spice yes, Girls. yes, they Spice went into Girls. our offices back in the 90s, uh, their manager Simon Fuller was a friend of mine, and... Uh, and we signed their music publishing. Wow. Yeah, it was a terrible day for music, and uh, indeed for me. <laughs> so, do, do, do we no, blame... I've never really recovered. No, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I said, was, you know, the thing is, it's a very easy sort of tongue-in-cheek thing to say, do we blame you, of course, for this thing. No, but actually, that's not fair. But they were phenomenal, they were, they were absolutely... I think they were just incredible. And I they think were amazing. One of their greatest talents was their unity, but yeah. also Simon's management skills and the way he's, he's gone on to do great things still. Still working with Victoria and David. Right. Um, Beckham, by the way, never named hey. the Queen told me that. Um, <laughs> of course. You know, that's still kind of, yeah. you know, it's just, it's wonderful. And they sold over 40 million records in a very short space of time. And, um, yeah, very grateful for yeah. that. And so who else? And Michael Ball is... Uh, yeah, no, he's from the, the sublime to the ridiculous, really. Yeah, yeah. Michael. One day I was working at Decca Records and I had a phone call saying, um, would you like to uh, meet with Michael Ball? So yeah, I'd meet with Michael. And um, he wants doing a best of, and he wants to record three tracks. And he wants to do a diva song. So I said, well, let's do Albert Hammond's When You Tell Me That You Love Me, that Diana Ross recorded. Oh, yeah. And he wants to do a show song, and I think he did uh, a song from the Jekyll and Hyde film now. But um, this is the moment. Oh yes, I know that one. Yeah. And uh, and then he said, "I'd like to write a song." I said, "Well, but I'm a bit shy about writing." I said, "Well, why don't you come out to my house and write with me?" And once you, because I'm a bit shy about singing, and when you've heard me sing, you'll know why. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, he went, "Don't mind if I do." So out he came, and uh, and we did a song called "What Love Is For." Uh, and then made formal records together, including music, which did very well. So yeah, that was Michael. D- tell me if this sounds like Michael Ball. I was at, at the Radio Two thing when he he was covering for Ken Bruce. Yes. And suddenly, like the lift, we're all there sitting quietly. You know, it's like sort of eight thirty in the morning. Lift doors open, and out burst Michael Ball. That's pretty much. That's the exact tone. That's the exact tone. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the lift doors open. Anyone else walk at lift door would just be like, "Oh, hello." Or you know, most probably just walk out and don't say anything. He, bur- he burst out and went, "Don't panic, everybody! Radio Two is saved." Michael's here. <laughs> Announcing to the office. No one else I've never seen ever announce themselves to an office before. But he's, the, the thing is about singers, and I've got another friend who's a singer called Jonathan Vera, they're big personalities. Their job is to fill people mm. like Russell Watsons and, and, and Michael Balls and Jonathan Vera's of this world, Bryn Turtle. Their job yeah. is to fill a theatre without a microphone. Yeah, yeah. So they have to have the balls and braggadocio, braggadocio, whatever you call it, whatever, 
I'll have some pizza and pasta carbonara, yeah, thank yeah. you. But you have to have that to, to fill that whole of that environment. The many songs you've written. Do you know how many songs you've written? Too many. Too many. And not enough have been recorded by enough people. Clearly, so clearly. Do you have a favourite, is there a favourite or one that you think hasn't, that has got something that has not been grabbed hold of yet in a way that should be? Or oh, God, I, had a, I wrote a song called Everything after my first wife passed uh, with a friend called Hugh Goldsmith, who was then um, A&Ring, or in fact, back, and his own label with Blue and Atomic Kitten and Billy Piper. And we had that song recorded by Paolo Nettini, had it recorded by oh, yeah. Natalie and Brulia demoed, I think. And then we even had a version sent to Will Young after the image's first big album. Mm. And none of those made, made just didn't right, happen. Right. And, and for me, I kept thinking, well, now I'm kind of glad mm. it would be nice at the time mm. as a beacon mm. for the future. But yeah, I've, I've got loads of songs I'd love people to record. Please do, do email me, nick.battle at mac.com. I'll send you lots Thank of you. lovely songs. Yeah. Being able to create and communicate, it's, it's, you know, we have that, that classic phrase, isn't it? You know, the three C's, cleaning, cooking and coitus, you know. <laughs> now for me, no, it's not that, gentle yeah, listener. Yeah. It's to be able to create, communicate and be compassionate. Yeah. And those are the three things that, I, if I had have a headstone, if indeed I can afford one by the time I pass, or if anybody wants to rub together a few shillings, it'd be marvellous. Um, but if it simply said he was a creative man, he was a compassionate man, and he communicated well. You've met many, but nicest celebrity you've met? Or who's the biggest surprise? Is there, a, is there only, not the biggest, but a nice, a pleasant surprise? David Essex was nice. David Essex. He was a kind man, nice, nice man. Nice. Very good kind to, to my wife, very kind to my stepmom. Engelbert probably is the most old-fashioned gentleman of show business, who I still hear from occasionally. Very mild, I've no very use nice. to him whatsoever. Very nice. Um, Cliff was lovely. Um, I remember they recorded my first song with him, about 83 and I had no money. I went busking to in the cheap fare to go to Abbey Road to hear him sing. And uh, I think we went out for dinner with a couple of people. And then he dropped me home along my co-writer, Sasha, in his Rolls Royce. Nice. And, uh, and, and the juxtaposition of actually busking to earn the money to go to Abbey Road to hear him sing his song and taking home the Rolls Royce was bizarre, but kind of lovely. Now, did I detect a free song at the mention of Cliff Richard among some of our listeners? It's tricky, isn't it? Proven innocent and yet mud sticks in this post yew tree world. It's tricky too for those in proximity to the fallen star, especially if it's a different star who we know is guilty. After the Jimmy Savile case, spare a thought for those whose memories are tarnished. On a train journey not long ago, I met a delightful lady called Belinda Campbell. She lost her father uh, young, uh, 30 years ago, and his job was, uh, well, here's Belinda with what I think is a fascinating insight, and she's brought props. Belinda, so we met on a train, and, uh, and when we were talking about, tell us about your dad. My dad was the director of Jim Will Fix It. They did have a few different directors, but he was the director in the 80s, mid-80s. Right. Kind of early to mid-80s. And so as a kid, I used to go to Jim Will Fix It all the time, and to the studios, Shepherd's Bush. Wow get picked up in a taxi from Twickenham, whisked off mm. after green room or whatever it was. We were tiny, looking at all these people mm. in this place, in this room afterwards. But I, I got to meet all my favourite pop stars. I collected autographs. I've got Legs & Co. I don't know if you remember Oh, yeah, so this Co. is the... Um, they did, Isla St. Clair. Yeah, Legs & Co. did Top of the Pops. They were one of the dance troops, weren't they? Yeah, they had, in the 60s it was Pounds People, yeah. then it was Legs & Co. Right. So I met people like that, Lenny Henry... Uh, madness, uh, dollar, so oh, yeah, it, it was real eighties stuff. Yes. And my, the fashion was so bad, I spent ages getting ready. Right. I loved the environment, all the lights, the kind of, you know, the, mm. the the corridors and the rooms, the makeup. 
Jimmy Savile's dressing room popped in there a few times. So presumably there's nothing to tell us here that no. has been um, that should be forwarded to the police or anything. Because it must be. Yes, look at look at the Jim will fix it thing first. Then it, it, does it feel like a sort of before and after? All of this came out. All of the Jimmy yeah. Savile stuff. It was really strange. I my brain unlocked mm. memories from a teenager. So right. if you're in your forties and suddenly something a key unlocks your mm. mind. It was quite a strange experience. And was so presumably the memories of it beforehand all sort it of simmered down rose tinted and lovely and yeah, yeah. whatever. And is. they f- kind of fade into a compartment yeah. in your mind. They're wow. always there. Of course. But yeah. these like whooshed yeah. up. Everything came back. And, and it must be, I suppose, given your dad was so your dad was director of the Yeah, show. he was the director of Jim Fix It. So your memory of Jim Fix It is still you know, people are there to sort of I had a great time. It's still it's still happy memory. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. And I have two sisters, so the three of us went mm. or sometimes I'd go filming off site, but not mm. that much. Sometimes I'd sit in the gallery, but it was more in the studio on the beanbags. Mm. Mm. Except the one time he put three of us in the theatre seats. So and placed banana armor in front of us. So when they moved, our heads <laughs> appeared in between the three girls because we were three girls. They were three girls. Right, that fits. Plus their fix-it girl. Yes. Okay. So they're singing. Um, but it was his idea. Robert De Niro's waiting, and then you're. you're yeah, eighty-four. That was probably the last time I ever went there. Oh really? Before my dad yeah. passed away. Yeah. Right. So and your dad passed away soon after in the eighties, was it? Yeah, in nineteen eighty-five. Eighty-five. Right. And which I think was about when do you want to fix it. Ran till was it? They carried on. Did they go they on did the... carry on. They probably had a break or something, but they did. Mm. It kept okay. going till the nineties, I think. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Yeah. It's about twenty years, wasn't it? All in. It's yeah. a long running. I mean, this is the thing. It's when all this, when it all this what's the phone the news about Jimmy Savile years ago? Twenty years of yeah. our lives that you sort of feel that's a lot. That's why it was such an impact. I, I remember when I was tiny. My dad explained that we weren't allowed to have anything fixed for us. And we were a bit upset, but he said you could, because he worked on the show, but he said you can write pretend letters. So my sister said, can you fix it for me to have my ears pierced, but I'll scream and scream. And my <laughs> mind was, can you fix it for me to go to the moon? You right. know. And well, you're the, thinking it won't be fixed anyway. Yeah. Might as well aim high. You know? yeah, and yeah. the little one was a bit too little right. to, to write anything. Ah, okay. yeah. yeah, But it was magical. I remember feeling a bit jealous once when one girl was meeting um, a pop band that I quite liked. Right. So you couldn't go along as well and be directorial assistant. <laughs> no, and no, then no, no. Lamar from Kajagoogoo, my dad said, you know, you're going to mm. love this, he's on the show. So I spent ages getting ready, thought I looked wonderful, thought I looked the, the part to meet my favourite mm. pop star. Went along to his dressing room and as I turned the corner to look in to say hello, he'd just taken a mouthful of pizza and all this cheese was coming out of his mouth. And it just shattered my whole illusion of him. He was my heartthrob, and there he was eating like a piglet. <laughs> Never meet your heroes, they say, isn't it? Because you'll see them eating yeah. pizza. So, so you're, and you're still in touch then with the was it the producer? Producer Roger Audish. Roger. And so, equally, so you know, the people who are still around from the Jim will fix it. Yeah. Though, so they must have again. It must be a very confusing. Yeah, I think they feel. I was quite uh, protective over them at the beginning. So I remember writing to uh, Roger Audish saying, "Don't you ever forget how much hard work mm. you put into this, and don't let it undo mm. undo that." But unfortunately, it does have an effect on them all because once they were proud to speak about their career, now they feel yes a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and blame is. 
sometimes thrown your way. Yeah, and that's a shame as well because it's not just one of those things where people will go, oh, well, that happened. It's such a big analysing. Yeah, you must have known, you must have known, all the finger pointing. Exactly. And so for me, I find it difficult to, it's almost like I've divided it in two. My childhood memories I don't want to let go of, Mm. so I'm keeping them happy like in a bubble. Mm. And what we found out today, that's in another bubble. But I still, although I do believe it, I still find it difficult to associate that voice, Mm. that face. I watched that Louis Theroux programme and I kept watching him and I kept rewind, not rewinding, but, you know, Mm. rewinding on the YouTube and playing it over and over again thinking, watching his reaction and you just, you can't see into people's minds. You might see something in their eyes, but people can disguise things so well, especially if their neck's on the line. Of course, yeah. They're going to do it really well and they're going to get good at it. Totally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And if you're hanging out with people who also do it, you're going to learn tips off them. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you forget that, you know, just before all of this came out, there was, I think was it Shane Ritchie was hosting a tribute show to Jim Will Fix It, mm. with clearly with a view of reviving this show and let's, uh, let's do Shane Will Fix It or whatever it might be, you know, because yeah. it's a great format, isn't yeah. it? You know, and it was 20 years. I was a house producer for a small record company in Finchley, and a boss came back from holiday in Spain. They brought in this record. He went, He said, What do you think of that? Well, I can't tell you exactly what I thought of a gentle listener, but suffice to say, I said, It's a, I think it's a pile of poop, probably so many copies. My friend went downstairs, Simon, and he made the record, and then um, they decided they needed a bunch of people. So they formed a fictional band called The Tweets. Right. And for the song, it's called The Birdie Song. Nowadays, that means something different, doesn't it, The Tweets? Entirely. Yeah, so you right. see, even then... It comes ahead around. Of, ahead of the time. Head of the game, absolutely. Clearly, yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Decades, isn't it? And uh, I remember getting a phone call one day saying, Nick, 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 we need, a, we need another bird for Top of the Pops. Can you be the fluffy chicken in the orange tights? And to my eternal shame, or perhaps not... I declined. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't. Imagine yeah. your mother up and going, by the way, I'm the one with the pink beak, the fluffy... The There's a line, isn't there? There's a line. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, frankly, yeah. crossed yeah. it. Crossed yeah. it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I've been responsible for that and other, other pop misdemeanours along the way, in fairness. Wow. Because I did say, it's great, you should do it. Yeah. And... Um, and clearly, they did very well. Actually. They did all right out of it, didn't they? Yeah. But you didn't get to share that glorious stage on top of the pops. Happily. You, happily, happily. There has to be a modicum of taste involved yeah. in this you've got, to, you've got to retain something, haven't you? Some small vestige, tiny crevice of credulity. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, we do ask you to bring a bottle. Just bring something to a party if you will. Give something back to us. We have previously had uh, liking us on Facebook, rating us on iTunes. This week's bring a bottle moment is simply to tell someone offline a real conversation with a person that says, hey, I've enjoyed listening to this here podcast. You can even get hold of their phone, download the podcast app if they haven't got it, and subscribe us on their phone for them. That would be really helpful to us and for them. Then they'll have it on their podcast. So, you know, if you want to wrestle it off them, get their phone, download the, the podcast thing, subscribe to us, why not? Or just tell them about us. Tell them about the Heptagon Club and that they should tune in. Thank you. So we've got, look, what have we got here then? Over here, Jim fixed it for me. That's a soap. Okay, that's a, a soap. friend gave oh, me that because I was okay. never obviously allowed to do one. But I, he... I did ask my dad mm. uh, when I was at junior school, can, can me and my friends go on the programme? Mm. So he did arrange for us. One day we all got called into the headmaster's office and explained that Belinda's dad has arranged for some filming. So we were stuck into a factory. Mm. We all made the bean bags or helped make them stuff them. And then we came into the studio and delivered our bean bags onto the set so it wasn't a fix it we 
fixed it we for, could, I see. for the studio. Yeah, that's good. That's we good. did some soft furnishings. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so a friend gave me that badge. Cause, but we got a huge one for our hall, oh, school okay. hall. Yes. It was up on the wall. I don't know where that went. No, no. That was in, a school in Twickenham. It's in storage now somewhere. Yeah. So this, the NASA jacket that you just saw in the photo, mm-hmm. that was given to my dad by NASA. They did some filming there. Okay. These are my sisters. That's Thank obviously sisters, just yeah. they're on the bean bags. Great. Yeah. Mini script. It's very mini. Oh, that's a tiny script, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a Direct proper. There's a proper Campbell. script. Filming and recce schedule. People <laughs> fix it. There you go. Yeah. My dad on the chair. Uh, yes, the big we chair. We used to sit on that chair, chair a lot. Did you? The Things came chair. out of both sides. Yeah. And I always remember, remember Jimmy Silver had a ring that went over both fingers. When you saw it on the other side, mm. you know, you put a ring on one finger. It was a ring for two fingers, and it was uh, okay. an encrusted diamond, huge right. thing. Right. So I remember seeing that on there and asking him about it, and he was just showing me his hand, turning it mm. over and showing it went over two fingers. So that was the chair. In real life, it didn't look as, you know, like on the television, things look a bit more rounded or something. Yeah. I don't know what the right I mean, word yeah, is, but yeah. when I saw it, I thought, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what great guests we have this week. As ever, whether famous, fascinating, a mix of the lot, or who knows what. Because everyone has a story, don't they? Uh, We have, in fact, had our first email from a listener proffering to be a guest themselves via emailed-in audio, which is a thing you can do. Record a minute or two of an anecdote, trivia, a time when you met that person or that bizarre coincidence happened. Fascinate, entertain, enlighten us, by all means. Paul at paulcarenza.com is us. And you could be on a future episode rubbing shoulders with Miranda, Tim, Belinda, Nick, Michael, Buble. You all right, Michael? Still saving your voice. All right. Even though I was working alongside him for three days, including sitting front and centre for the tech rehearsal with him and the 50-piece orchestra, which was fantastic, by the way. Yes, it did prove tricky to try and get an interview with Mickey Booby for the podcast. I want to say it was such a joy to be along for the ride on that show. Uh, Michael is a gent. He is proper funny. Um, and it was just lovely to be part of Like I said, I was just front and centre in the tech rehearsal. It was fantastic. There were seven other people in the entire studio audience, all at the back sorting lighting or his next flight or whatever. I thought, no, I'm going to get my $10,000 Vegas seats front and centre to watch Crimea River with a 50-piece orchestra. Blimey, Charlie, it was fantastic. I will say my only regret in doing the Buble show was that when he wanted to rest his voice and he went off to the dressing room, the orchestra wanted to keep practising, and they got a stage manager to stand in, to just stand there by the mic to represent Michael. Full orchestra, full band, pelting out his hits. And I knew every word. I sing him at karaoke. I should have put myself forward to stand there, maybe give it some instead of that stage manager. Got him to clip record, maybe even broadcast live. That would have been quite something. Anyway, he's not here. Mike, No Michael Buble on the podcast this week. Sorry to say, I have to legally point out he is not here. His management team actually asked me to legally point that out. So, we're not passing off as anything here. So there's no ruse here. There is no buble. I'm stating that unequivocally. He is not here. I'm sorry. You can't knobble everyone you meet into being on the podcast. Anyway, right now, quickfire questions with some good friends of mine and some giggly friends of mine. Russ Anderson, uh, as we heard on episode one, and Jennifer Masters, as heard on a previous podcast, Movie Banter. It's quickfire round. Quick fire. I mean, quick fire. Which of the seven wonders of the world would you visit with which of the seven dwarves while feeling which of the emotions of the seven deadly sins? <laughs> oh my God. I had the uh, Temple of Diana with um, the feeling of lust 
uh, with Lusty. <laughs> Lusty, that's <laughs> not one called Lusty. And Jennifer. Oh, um, well, I'd like. I'd love to go and visit the hanging gardens, gardens of Babylon, Babylon with because, uh, with, uh, with Hangy. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to Lucy tie into the, the one. What's the happiest of them? Happy. They'll be happy. <laughs> 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 What emotion are you feeling of the seven deadly sins? Can I have happy? Yeah. That's not a sin. That's not a sin. Wow, what religion is this? I had a quick fire question. I love quick fire there. questions. Give that so, to fruit and stickers. Let's go back to fruit and stickers. Um, which of the seven wonders of the world would you visit with which of the seven dwarves while feeling which emotion of the seven deadly sins? Okay, I think I must feel lust for. Is it dopey? Yeah, okay. That, yeah. yeah. People don't think of dopey, of, that's nice. But also, that sort of lust for some calm. Right, okay. <laughs> rather than lust. Yes, fair it's enough. But like, oh, lust, yeah. just, oh. can I just have a nap? Yeah. So that would have to be in okay. the Garden of Babylon, wouldn't it? Right, yeah, that's a good place a for a nap, gentle nap it? in a garden, slightly lusting over dopey. That's nice. I like that answer because you've not just picked the ones that you know from the sins, the dwarves and the wonders. You've got actually, yeah. I quite I like a sleep that. in a garden. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It says a lot, doesn't it? I think that's well, it nice. says a lot about my state of mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Wouldn't we all? I think it sounds a lovely place. Yeah, lovely. Okay, well... With some finger feet. Um, another quick fire question. Yeah. Introvert, extrovert, ah. advert, pervert, tennis player Chris Evert, which are you and any plans to convert? Um, love, love the question. <laughs> but, um, I would say I'm going to convert to being a professional tennis player. Very good. Mm. Very good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I do, um, in my head, I am a tennis player. Right. Very good. I'm going to win Wimbledon at 51. Great. Just go in mm. and do Start it. Start training from next year, so that would be seven years of training. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, very good. They always say it's never too late. It's never left for anything, especially professional Except- tennis. <laughs> I think that's where the that's the end of the saying famous comes saying. From, <laughs> yeah, I think it is, isn't it? That's what they from what, all what those middle-aged champions. That's that you what, see. Exactly, it's what it is. It's it's not a young man's game, is it? It's so anymore. not. It really isn't. Um, and imagine trying to you know, imagine me, seeing me at the net. You wouldn't want to lob that. <laughs> oh, come on. You know. Yeah. But the wingspan is huge. You'd mix up Wimbledon. I think I'd like to yeah. see that. I think it'd be good. Yeah. I think it'd be good. And then you get that big plate, and then just. Yeah, yeah be and great. then that's it, and then retire. Take it home and use that for dinner. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. put right. some of the, the finger food on it. Yeah, exactly for, the, exactly, for the buffet. Yeah. Exactly, pass it around. Exactly. That's what you need to be doing at your celebratory party. Use the trophy, <laughs> definitely, for that. I have actually got a ready, steady, cook winner's plate for that currently. Really? But I feel like that isn't... I mean, it was a deep honour, but I feel like the Wimbledon right. trophy would be... You're, Just a little notch up. So you won Ready Steady Cook, did you? Yeah. A career highlight. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Very good. Thanks. Didn't even know. Didn't even I know. chopped a pepper. That's right. Now, of course, no buble means that we are a guest down. Uh, we're meant to be seven guests a week. Ah, now we're at six. So I tell you what, let's uh, see if I can get next episode star guest in a week early. Comedian Dominic Holland will be toast of the party next podcast with a tale you cannot miss about his son, Tom Holland, who overtook him career-wise to become not only a Hollywood actor, but amongst other things, the next Spider-Man. Yes, the Spider-Man story will be next time. Don't miss it. But for this week, ah, here is Dominic Holland. But I wanted to tell you this. So um, Tom made a movie uh, last couple of years ago called In the Heart of the Sea, 
right. with Ron Howard directing. Mm. It's a great experience. He made it in Tenerife and in, in London. And it's a great story about a whaling ship, a uh, 19th century whaling ship. And uh, it's a pretty gruesome um, shoot. They had to lose weight and it was a long shoot, six months. And um, anyway, the movie came out in Boxing Day 2015. And uh, it had a big premiere in London. And Chris Hemsworth was there, Killian Murphy, um, Ron Howard himself, and Tom, and you know. And uh, it was a really exciting night, Odeon Leicester Square, where I'd gone dancing as a kid, you know, just by the Empire nightclub, where I used to get in at 17, try and get off with a girl, and used to work. <laughs> uh, so it was, a, it was lovely for me to be in London, where I, and the, the comedy store was there, where I've worked as a kid. Of course, yeah, next road down. Of course, and, and the old comedy store, and I thought, wow, this is mm. Leicester Square, this is where I've really grown up, and I've worked, and this is my office, if you like. And so suddenly my son's there on a premiere, and it was really exciting. My wife was there, and, and we were on the carpet. The carpet was blue because it was in the heart of the sea. And there's just a, a bank of cameras and a bank of TV people from all over the world, and loads of fans. And it was very exciting, and I was obviously proud and, and happy to be there. But there were lots of people on the carpet who I didn't recognise. I mean, I knew the actors from the film, and there was lots of sort of young people who the paparazzi were going mad for. And I was a bit intrigued. I said to one of the one of the people from the film said, who are these? Who's that lady there? Who's that lady there? So oh, these are, these are X Factor contestants. They're in the X Factor this year. Because that's going on at the time, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Of course. Yeah, that's yeah. going on at the time. Right. Okay, and yeah. this is part of their, part of their journey, right. part of their exposure. This is what it will be like if you win our competition. Okay. So they get to go on a red carpet and it coincided with In the Heart of the Sea. Yeah. Or a blue carpet, whatever or they a blue carpet. They get to go on yeah. a carpet, not, not, a carpet not in a house. Thing. Right, okay. Not a course. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And so, you know, they, they were enjoying it, these kids, and they were, they were posing for the cameras. And I, I was a bit bemused by it. Anyway, and I was really keen to get my four boys on the red car on the carpet and a photograph. That's the only photograph I wanted was of the four boys on the carpet. And I was really, and it's very difficult because Tom's doing interviews and I had to sort of corral Tom over. I said, boys, are you ready for the photograph? And I had a professional photographer ready. I said, yeah, my, my mate's ready with the, with the camera. Get the boys together. Boom. Put the four boys, the four Holland boys there, including Tom. And um, someone then shoved the camera and a microphone in their faces and it was someone from ITV. Mm. And it said, hey boys, exciting, right? Exciting night. So who do you want to win the X Factor? <laughs> and my boys, my boys sort of stared blankly and they said, no, 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 seriously, who do you want to win? And all of them said almost in unison, don't know, we don't, we don't watch the X Factor. And that was the moment, that was the proudest moment of my entire night. Oh, lovely. Because I was so proud that my boys don't watch the X Factor. Never mind the premiere and that Tom is the movie, in this movie. I just thought, that's there a moment, go. eh? There you go. Hey, that's, hey, that's four kids here, don't watch the X Factor. That's a good dad. <laughs> that's parenting for you. <laughs> Speaking of red carpets, uh, Miranda was on the red carpet for the blockbuster film Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Well, the red carpet is all I find sort of a mixture of terrifying and amusing. Right. Because you can't, it's an out of body experience. You can't believe it's you at the mm. red carpet of a film mm. that you're in because that was sort of. For me, childhood dream stuff. Surreal, isn't it? Yeah. So I used to have pictures of people on red carpets with the bulbs going off because I thought it was just so glamorous and exciting. And, um, you know, when I was a teenager on my walls of my favourite actresses. So I was sort of thinking, oh, this is weird, I'm doing a red carpet of a film. And it was more heightened than telly ones. Well, for telly, you know, I'm thinking of something like the BAFTA Awards, but mm. obviously for television, we don't have. You don't There's have no that, red carpet. No. <laughs> Episode one, red carpet. <laughs> exactly. 
flash, flash, flash. You're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. As they, yeah, as I walk into my house, what, I don't know what <laughs> exactly, it would be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. it was pretty sort of scary, but I do love, I do kind of love actually because I approach it from the perspective of being a fan. Right. Yes. So even though I'd already spent four months with Melissa McCarthy, mm. I was going, oh, I'm Melissa, oh, yeah, it's yeah. exciting. I was like, yeah, no, I know you, you're a friend. But anyway, <laughs> red carpet. Oh, Forgetting that I'm meant to be of course. the cool yes, actress. Yes, you're friends now, you're old pals. But... Yeah. And the filming of it mm. was amazing. We shot it all in Budapest. So I lived in Budapest for three months, oh, which is an amazing city. Melissa was wonderful. and got to meet and befriend my favourite actress of all time in Alice and Janney. Oh, ah. Oh. Love Alison Jenny. And that, again, proper dream. Mm. I used to watch West Wing and think, could I just sit in the back and just yeah. watch them and watch her oh. and wonder if she really is as tall as me? And yeah. she got parts because she's tall, so maybe. Mm. What's um, that thing she did in the West Wing, The Jackal? The, yeah. It was amazing. Which was, came from her. Oh, really? That's yeah, Erin Sorkin does. saw her outside her trailer doing it mm. and wrote it in. Well, yeah, it looks so good. You know, she had to have known that. She couldn't she, have learned that from the script. It. That was yeah. amazing. She's yeah. a hip-hop fiend. Is she as good as she wanted to be? Yeah, she's amazing. Brilliant. Amazing. And we're the same heights. So that was exciting. Oh, that's always nice yeah. as well. That's rare. And when yeah. I did a scene with her, again, total out-of-body experience, just thinking I'm standing next to Alison Jack. Sorry, hang on. She's my favourite. <laughs> I don't understand what's happened to my... Yeah. And it's not often I do that. I'm very rarely starstruck, weirdly. Mm. Normally it's quite sort of get home and go, I can't believe I just met that person. Whereas in the moment it seems sort of relatively normal. Yeah. Whereas meeting Alice and Danny, I was went a little nutty. We'd like to end in our final corner, the Bay Window of Wisdom. I would say, uh, don't forget to jolly life up. That's very good. Do something every day to make you joyful. Have a simple. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to part with. Yeah. That's yeah. very nice. It's like, uh, so it's the, really the, the mantra of the... What have you done today to make you feel, feel proud? proud. Jolly, jolly life up. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, life is difficult, isn't it? Mm. There might be people listening who are ill. Yes. Or in hospital or something. And even then, you can just find something that you can then go to bed that night thinking, mm. something jolly happened today. Yeah, that's always nice, isn't it? And don't forget to um, email Paul about stickers on fruits. Stickers on fruits. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and maybe even progressing the following to vegetables. Very true. Mm. That we can build onto that. Yeah. Talking of vegetables, because mm. you are Mr. Vegetapal. Oh, Vegetapal. You actually wrote That's that. That's true. I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. You did. Yeah, I'm going to be proud did. of this fact now. Yes. You definitely wrote that. Vegetapal. I added on a Mr. Butternut, I think. Oh, right. Yeah, something like that, right. And then insisted that it needed to be a prop of said butternut. And it was but a delight. There would never have been a butternut had you not come up with vegetable. Very true. Pal. And it was a delight to see it in the in the flesh, in the vegetable flesh. Yeah. Uh, to actually go. Oh yes, that's. In fact, that was the episode you were in. It was, I think, wasn't it? I think it was. It's always nice was to see those moments where you go, "Oh, that's good to know." That one little writing thing caused that thing to happen. Indeed, do email in your observations of fruit with stickers or about anything else for that matter at paul at paulcarenza.com, especially if you fancy recording a short audio burst of your voice, of your tale, for us to feature on a future episode. Next time, it's movie night. Dominic Holland, Juliet Burton, Abdul Raymond Malik, uh, my old movie banter colleagues John and Jed, all on the next episode, which as ever will land in two to three weeks. Hey, you. 
Do tell your friends. Do spread the word of us. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate us. Five stars and a short write-up. Music by Rob Halligan. Thank you to all my guests this week. Tune in to Boobly at the BBC if you like. Sorry he's not a guest. We will get him next time. Okay, we won't. We'll get other people. But do join us then. Thanks for listening.